0: This afternoon, I'd like to continue the discussion and practice of the metta meditation. As Jill introduced it yesterday, and just as a reminder, um, it's really a very simple quality of Uh, wishing well for people. The most simple expression of it is, may you be happy. And it's not wanting anything back, it's not in exchange for anything. It's just the development of that capacity for well-wishing. And it has a lot of different nuances in terms of the feeling. Fifty Shades of Meta. <laughs> <laughs> it was more about the fifty. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> so, <laughs> lest you be taken down the wrong path, I'll read a few. <laughs> I'd like to read a few poems. which uh, just express some of these different aspects of it, different ways we can uh, manifest uh, this feeling. And then we'll get into the practice a little bit and just talk about, you know, some different uh, styles or ways of cultivating this quality. So these are just a few uh, poems and writings. Uh, The first one is called uh, Shoulders and it's by the Palestinian-American poet Naomi Shiab-Nai, who I don't know if you're familiar with her, she's a wonderful poet. Uh, So this is what she wrote. A man crosses the street in the rain, stepping gently looking two times north and south, because his son is asleep on his shoulder. No car must splash him, no car drive too near to his shadow. This man carries the world's most sensitive cargo, but he's not marked. Nowhere does his jacket say fragile, handle with care. His ear fills up with breathing. He hears the hum of a boy's dream deep inside him. We're not going to be able to live in this world if we're not willing to do what he's doing with one another. The road will only be wide and the rain will never stop falling. And so I just found it's such a beautiful image, you know, father carrying his son on his shoulders across the road with that care. We're not going to be able to live in this world if we're not willing to do what he's doing with one another. Uh, So sometimes just simple images can evoke the quality of metta within us. And so we just either a poem, or an image of someone, or uh, is a way of calling forth that feeling within us. This was written, uh, this is a, uh, how to say, an informal rendition of a poem by the Persian poet Hafez, and created uh, by Daniel Ladinsky, And the title of it is, The Sun Never Says. Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. That's the quality of meta. It's never, it's never a quality of, I love you and you owe me for this or I want something in return. It's just like the sun, you know, shining on the earth. It's that quality of radiating the felt wish, may you be happy. I love the practice and the discussion of this because it's about a feeling that at the same time is incredibly simple. You know, it's not complicated, and so profound in terms of how it affects how we are in the world. So this is um, this is from the French essayist Montaigne. Uh, and he's describing, it's a platonic relationship, he has the deepest friendship of his life, you know, and it was a profound relationship for him. And the way he expressed it again, I think it captures just another, another shade of metta. He said, in a truly loving relationship, which I have experienced, Rather than drawing the one I love to me, I give myself to him. Not merely do I prefer to do him good than to have him do good to me. I would even prefer that he did good to himself rather than to me. It is when he does good to himself that he does most good to me. If his absence is either pleasant or useful to him, then it delights me far more than his presence. (laughs) To me, that just captures the completely selfless quality of metta. That it's really about the happiness of the other person. And that's what we're wishing for. And so that last line, if that other person's absence, you know, is pleasant or useful, that gives me more happiness than his presence would be for me. And so, do you see the beauty of that? It's really selfless. We're not in it for what we're getting. And so the last one I want to read is, you know, a wonderful poem by Galway Connell. Uh, It's called St. Francis and the Sow. And this is just part of the poem. It's the first stanza. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness. To put a hand on its brow of the flower and retell it in words and in touch, it is lovely, until it flowers again from within of self blessing. So, really, in our metta practice, that's what we're doing. We're reteaching a thing, whether it's ourselves. Or other people. We're reteaching each one of us its loveliness. That's the, the power of metta and the effect of metta until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. So all of these, you know, the father carrying son with tremendous care across the road, The understanding that the sun shines on all of us without any expectation. There's no I owe you or you owe me, you know, and Montaigne's understanding that in this feeling it's really about the happiness of the other person. It's not for something we get back and that's what we get back is the happiness that comes from that feeling you know and the understanding that it really does reteach us all loveliness um, so this is all these are all aspects you know of of metta so as Jill mentioned I think yesterday uh, there are many ways There are many ways of practicing this. Um, There are two main purposes for doing metta meditation or aspirations with regard to it. One is, uh, metta loving kindness can be used as a vehicle for developing concentration. So not only for the metta quality itself, but it is a technique or a method for developing strong concentration, even to the point of absorption or jhana. So that's a, there's a very specific technique or techniques for that. The other purpose or aspiration with regard to its practice is not so much for deepening concentration, although it will have that effect to some extent, but it's more the aspiration as we do the practice just in a more general way to cultivate that capacity in ourselves for metta, for caring, for loving kindness. So it's not so interested or the main objective is not so much that absorption, but rather just to fill the heart with that feeling and to be able to express it in the many ways we do. So in this second, understanding or way of practicing it, which is what we're doing here. Um, you can be very creative. We'll give some suggestions, you know, for how to practice it, but in terms of the language one uses, the phrases one uses, how it's done, uh, we'll offer, you know, a variety of approaches. And just as you sit and practice it, experiment a little and see what resonates the most, what connects to you the most uh, to this practice. Um, so traditionally, there are three components in doing the metta practice. One component is having a clear perception of who we're sending it to. And that could be ourselves. It could be the traditional list of people. uh, It would be, you know, a great benefactor for whom it's very easy to feel metta, or a good friend, or a neutral person, somebody we don't have many feelings for one way or another, or a difficult person, or all beings. So there are many different categories, you know, of beings that we can be directing the metta towards. Um, so that's one component. Have a clear perception. Okay, we're wishing well to you. You know, we we know who we're directing it towards. And again, it, it can go from ourselves through all these individuals to all beings. But we have a clear sense of direction for the meta. So that's one component. The second component is the support for the feeling, which are uh, different phrases that we actually repeat in our practice. So it almost becomes like a mantra of loving kindness. You know, we settle on some phrases that express our wish, our kind wish, and we're repeating those phrases, concentrating on the meaning, directing it towards the image or the sense of the person, So the phrases themselves become a vehicle for cultivating the feeling. And the phrases, as I think Jill mentioned, um, there's a lot of creativity in finding those phrases that express uh, it in a way that you resonate with. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you live at ease. May you live in safety. So, in a way, it's finding two, three, or four phrases of things that you would most wish for yourself. You know, in your life, what is most meaningful for you in terms of what you would wish for yourself? Because when you connect with those particular expressions, you'll be most connected to the wish for others because you feel it in yourself. Yes, just as I want to be happy, so may you be happy. Just as I want to live in safety, so may you live in safety. Just as I want to be free, so may you be free. So this is the second component of the whole practice. The first is who we're sending it to. The second are the phrases that we use to express this wish of care and kindness. And the third aspect is the actual feeling, you know, the emotional feeling of loving kindness, of kindness, of care, of whatever words uh, you know, resonate with you. It's that feeling of wishing well. So keeping in mind that there are these three components Uh, each of you may find it easier to give emphasis to one or the other. So, for example, for some people who can visualize easily, then it's very easy to to hold the picture in the mind of the person you're sending it to. And again, it could be yourself or, or anybody, but you're really holding the image of that person in mind. And very often, especially when it's somebody for whom we already have a lot of love or care, sometimes simply being with the image evokes the feeling. You know, you might think of a good friend, a really dear friend, and the image comes to mind and you may not even need any words. The feeling is there and when you see them, it's like we're with them. We can feel the feeling of metta arise. So for people for whom that's easy, you might want to give some emphasis to the image and keeping the image steady, you know, as a way of evoking the feeling. Some people, uh, holding images in the mind is quite difficult. The minds don't particularly work in that way. So for them, the repetition of the phrases might be what's worth emphasizing. You know, and so we're repeating this mantra of metaphrases. And it's good to settle on two or three, so we can just really sink into each one and feel each one and uh, and repeating, you know, over and over again. And as we drop into the meaning of the words, the meaning of the words evokes the feeling. You know, may, may you be happy. So some people may focus predominantly on the image, some people predominantly on the repetition of the phrases, and some people, just in a very easy way, may feel connected to the feeling of metta already. You know, for some people it's very accessible, you know, and it's right there. We just have to kind of drop into the heart space and it's there for people who have that connection, you know, then you might give emphasis simply to the feeling and let, drop into the feeling of metta and then let it radiate, let the feeling radiate out towards the person or towards all beings. So in all of these cases, you know, we most likely will be using all three of the image, the phrases, the feeling but I just found that, that it, it's helpful since we are all conditioned somewhat differently in terms of what comes easily. You can use any one of those three doorways into the practice, you know, predominantly. Okay, one last little thing before we just drop into a little time of practice. Um, I found it in my own i 've done quite a bit of meta practice over the years uh, and it was transformative and and it wasn't easy uh, when i started it was it was very difficult for a whole lot of reasons uh, <coughs> sometimes it was just because of in aberrant understanding of the practice. So at one time I was doing intensive metta practice, you know, for a couple of months at a time, intensively. And for about a week or so, I had this crazy idea that the faster I said the phrases, <laughs> the more metta would come. <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from. So I was in Burma at the time. So for, I don't know if it was a whole week, but it, it was more than a few days. Maybe happy, maybe <laughs> I,
1: I was just revving the whole thing. Up.
0: It was ridiculous. So it took me a little while to realize this is not the way. Uh, so, like any other practice, you know, for some people it's just really easy from the beginning, and for other people, for whatever reason, it's challenging in the beginning. It doesn't matter. The practice itself, as you do it and continue, uh, is deeply transforming. You know, it really changes how we are uh, in relationship to the world and other beings. So just in terms of a, you know, a little technique that came as I was doing the practice, I realized that one way was actually to have the feeling and the words be directed towards whoever, you know, whether myself or other beings. So it was like that. And then at a certain point I just played with a different perspective. And this became, this became more viable when I got more connected with the feeling and it was easier just to sit in the feeling. And so after you do the practice in whatever way, and you, you really are connected, yes, you, you just have this feeling of wishing well. So that becomes like a field, just a field of metta. And then I would, I would simply imagine, or, you know, have different people walk through the field. So, the, so I wasn't kind of directing it out, I was just sitting creating the field, and then... You know, friends would walk through, and difficult people would walk through and and it was lovely, you know because then it was much less the feeling of me sending meta to you. Right? It was just creating that feeling field and then basically inviting everybody into it, uh, and it was lovely, you know and then it can be very spontaneous about who we think of to invite in, you know, and you can just play, you can be there and invite all the people you really love a lot in, then when you're feeling particularly brave, (laughs) invite some of the people who are challenging in your life, let them enter your field of metta. So you can play with these two different ways and and see, you know, what works for you. Okay, so let's settle into the practice for a bit. Oh. In doing the metta, it's generally helpful, as much as possible, to sit reasonably comfortable, comfortably. Uh, You know, if you're in a lot of pain, that can be distracting uh, for the cultivation of metta, unless you're actually sending metta to the pain. Uh, So sit in a way that so as I say, it's reasonably comfortable, you're not struggling with your posture. And I find it helpful to just let the attention settle in the area of the heart center, the area in the center of the chest. And simply begin, you know, feel the breath there. It's just the feeling of the breath. You could think of it as going in and out of the heart center, or just feeling the energy at that, at that space in the body. We're resting in that area, breathing gently. And then call to mind somebody <coughs> for whom you have a natural feeling of love, or friendliness, or care, I suggest you pick an uncomplicated relationship, just somebody where it's very simple and easy. You think of them and you feel good. You think of them and you want them to be happy, so just call them to mind and play with the image, see if you can hold the image and maybe it'll be steady and maybe it'll be flickering, however it is, but you have a clear sense of who you're sending the meta towards. And then pick a few phrases of what you would most wish for yourself. And you might even spend the first minute or two With the linking phrase, just as I, whatever, just as I want to be happy, so may you be happy. Just as I want to be peaceful, so may you be peaceful. Find your own phrases. Don't rush through them. Connect the meaning with the person. And in a very light way, tune into the feeling behind the phrases. Keeping the person in mind, as an image of the person, or just somehow the felt sense of the person. Expressing what you most wish for them. Notice what it feels like when you're most connected with that loving wish. What is that feeling like? Let either the image or the phrases be your anchor. And notice at those times when they evoke a particular, noticeable feeling of well-wishing. May you be happy and peaceful. in safety and live with ease. And there will be many times when you're repeating the phrase and you don't have any particular feeling with it. That does not mean that you're devoid of metta. And so just keep with the phrases, keep with the image. Sometimes the feeling is stronger, sometimes it's weaker, sometimes it's not even noticeable. Or just keep going with the phrases with the sense of the person. And then sometimes with a particular phrase, we do have a noticeable feeling, oh, yeah, this is what goodwill is. This is what metta is. You can either stay with the same person, or call someone else to mind, surrounding them with the feeling of loving care. And it might be directing the phrases toward the image of them, or if you're settled into the feeling of metta, invite them simply into the field. Let them cross the field of your loving-kindness. When the mind wanders, you can come back to the image, to the phrases, to the breath at the heart center. Sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness. You can settle the awareness on the breath at the heart center, letting each breath radiate the unspoken wish of loving care, sending each breath out into the world. We can have a few minutes for questions about the practice, if you like, but also for those of you who would like to just stay in the silence and the field of metta and begin walking, that's fine. So feel free uh, to do that. Um, What did you mean when you said to tune into the meaning behind the phrases? Right, so tuning into the meaning behind the phrases, not so much behind the phrases, Actually, there were two different comments. One was <laughs> to drop deeply into the meaning of the phrases because one of the, one of the things that can happen is that the repetition of the phrases can get mechanical. You know, we just start repeating them, they're kind of dry, and we're just repeating the phrases disconnected from the depth of the meaning of what we're saying. So it's just a reminder to, okay, what is it that I'm actually wishing? And the second suggestion was, as we do that and, you know, when we're really connected with the wish, one way of uh, recognizing the specificity of the meta feeling is as we're doing that and as we're connected with the meaning, well where is that coming from? You know, what... What's the feeling of the intention behind the wish? So it's just you don't have. To, this is not to get too analytic, or but it's just okay. What's what's the space? What's the heart space out of which we're wishing? You know, and that that often just be. Oh yeah, it's it's goodwill, <laughs> yes, like that. When, this is the first time I've tried to do the field, that mm-hmm. Although it's, I've sort of felt it before, but even Im- imagining. It, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also come in. And um, mm-hmm. the issue with me there is more one of safety. Mm-hmm. So could you talk about you know mm-hmm. knowing In, a, in the in love,
1: as, as love, really, but also that discernment mm-hmm. of the
0: hope. The right, the yes, yes, yes. Um, so just a couple of things with regard to that. Uh, first, <laughs> I would recommend you don't start out with the most challenging people, <laughs> you know, and, and really uh, strengthen the field of meta. With people that it's easy, you know, to feel it, and so you really get established in it. Then, when you're feeling you know, somewhat, somewhat stable in that, <laughs> you might have them do a run by, <laughs> <laughs> just <pshh>. <laughs> <laughs> because if you keep them there it'll probably start evoking a lot of the complexity and the, the, the concern about safety and all, all of the issues which are, are very real, you know. So you want, to, you want to modulate how much attention to that category or that particular person uh, as, as you're inviting them in. So that's another. And lastly... Um, Depending who we're sending it to, we might very well, or it is very uh, important and effective to uh, change the wish so that it's appropriate to the situation. So just as an example, uh, I was teaching a retreat just after 9-11 and there were a lot of New Yorkers on the retreat and we were doing metta and we were doing it classically and going through the categories and getting up to the the enemy or the difficult or the challenging people and of course right after that and quite a few people said there's no way that i can send metta to these people who flew the planes into the world it was so traumatic and you know so it really made me think you know about okay in that situation the buddha talked about metta as being universal of really encompassing all beings but what does it mean i mean to, may you be happy <laughs> you, you know in that situation that's not what's going to happen <laughs> and so in reflecting upon it i realized yeah we need to we need to change the language so for example in that situation one could well wish even to people who ca- cause tremendous harm or suffering, may you be free of hatred. Is there anybody that you would not wish that for? No. I don't think so, because if if we want to express the meta and it's those mind states that are the cause of all the harmful actions in the world, right? And so we can have metta in that in that sense for all beings but we have to tailor the the way it's expressed so that it's appropriate to the situation so in all those ways i think you can work with it but it takes care you know it's not nothing nothing should be forced in this <laughs> dance with it <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So here's where uh, metta can morph into compassion. Because compassion is really metta directed specifically towards people who are suffering. You know, that's what evokes compassion. And the wish, so it's a slightly different phrase, although it's close to the metta phrase, but when we're doing compassion meditation, we are visualizing the person suffering and the wish is, may you be free of suffering. So we're, we're really there and connected with the reality of that person's experience and the metta wish is, may you be free of suffering. And it's that single phrase traditionally in that practice, may you be free of suffering. And what's so amazing, uh, in doing that practice, it's, it's quite remarkable, actually. I'll just back up a minute. You know, there's, there's a, a concept in the teachings of the near enemy of all these states. That is a state that looks like metta or compassion, but actually is not. You know, and so with metta, uh, it's sort often attachment. You know, and we take that to be love, but it's not, it's a different state. The near enemy of compassion is sorrow. You know, because it's easy when, when we really, especially with people we love, you know, and they're suffering, it's easy to go into sorrow. But sorrow is not compassion. Compassion, compassion is the wish to alleviate the suffering. You know, it's like, how can I help, or may you be free of suffering. And the remarkable thing as we do this, and you know, you might spend a little time, in fact, we will during the retreat, we'll be offering specifically the compassion meditation as well. What's so amazing in doing it, even as we're addressing it to the suffering of an individual or the world, the feeling of compassion is uplifting and that really highlights the difference between compassion and its near enemy of sorrow. Uh, so as you do the practice, it would just be interesting for you to you know, play with that and begin to see what the effect uh, is of your doing the compassion practice. You know. uh, and you may find that uh, you drop more easily into the uplifting aspect of compassion, rather than the sorrow. It would, in the sorrow, there's really aversion to the suffering. There's a, 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 it's colored by aversion. We hate it. We don't want, you know. Whereas compassion is, it's like more positively expressed. It, it's the wish for somebody to be free of suffering. Well, that's a beautiful wish. You know, and, and as you, as you repeat that and, and drop into that, even as you're relating to the suffering of that person, it's really a heart that's very open and tender. But, you know, all of this you have to see for yourselves. All, <laughs> all of these are just suggestions for your own practice to explore. Uh, it's not, you don't have to believe me or any of it. <laughs> it's just, you know, try, try and see experiment. So I was um thinking about a couple of lifelong friends and I started with these general things and I got to um may you be healthy, may you be free of pain. And then I got really practical and I thought may you have health insurance. <day."> <laughs>
1: I'm
0: thinking, maybe that's a too <laughs> you know, I would play. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know, we kinda wish for people what they want. <laughs> if it if it seems like in the realm of the wholesome. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry so much about does it fit the classical <laughs> uh, 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 dictionary of meta terms. Uh, I mean, it actually had more meaning to me. Fine. Yeah. So, you know, my basic mantra for all the meditation practice, whether it's the metta or the vipassana, is whatever works, you know, they're all skillful means. And so the idea behind the practice is to develop that feeling of care and love and strengthen it. So whatever, whatever supports that is good. Is there an easier way, easier technique to create the field of any of this? Because if it took a long time for you, it now not happen to me time. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> You may be a meta-natural. <laughs> the, the question was: Are there any techniques for developing the field? Because if it took me that long to f- figure that one out, he thought it might take him a lifetime or more. But that's don't buy into that assumption. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, how to say, ra- rather than get too, s- or have an idea that there's some specific way to create the field, I think it's much more. We just do the practice, start in a more traditional way of sending the phrases, and, and then just at those times when you might feel connected with that you actually have a lot of goodwill, you know? And it doesn't have to be spectacular. It can be, <laughs> it can be very low key, but just, we connect connected. Yeah, you, you really are wishing this for this person. So in those times when you, that feeling is there even in a mild way, it's just back off a little bit at that time from the phrases from the doing aspect, and just drop back at that time into whatever that feeling may be. And again, it could be very, it could be very light or just a good feeling of kindness. Just in that, just in the dropping back into it, the field is created. You know, so it's not that you have to uh, do anything more than that. Uh, and play with it, this is, have fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I haven't tried to use uh, meta as a gateway into concentration before, but I'm wondering if radiating metta, which I find really enjoyable, has less doing-less self in it? Mm-hmm. I Definitely, definitely. You're, even, even if you're not specifically doing it with the aim in mind of deepening concentration, it does, it has that effect, you know, and yeah, so I think that's great. And if at a certain time you wanted to do, to use the metta, you know, for that specific purpose of really deepening concentration and absorption, then you, you should work with a teacher. There are many teachers now who can teach that, uh, so you might do a retreat where you emphasize the particular techniques for that. So but is there a whole difference? set because I've heard people talk about that I've that Philip talk about different people working yeah. at it. So is there a whole specific difference? It's it, it's somewhat different. It's not completely. It's, it's using the same basic foundation of practice, but then there's a series of progressive instructions of in terms of emphasizing the concentration aspect of it you know and so there's a set of progressive instructions there that are different if yeah yeah the but but the basic practice is the same but then it's what we do to to just emphasize the one point in this Yeah, yeah. Sorrow or attachment attachment or. or, Yeah. 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 Uh, So, I mean, I'm not even sure I was feeling meta. Oh, yeah. Because it was so. The first person I was thinking of, when you said uncomplicated, I immediately knew that was not the right person to be thinking of. Any guidance on what uncomplicated ought to be? Do you have a dog? (laughs) 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 Or a pet? Um, um, it sounds funny, but I don't know whether you're doing that. But sometimes people find it so easy, you know, with a pet because <laughs> it's very uncomplicated. Uh, so I don't know whether there's such a being in your life. Um, but another way, <laughs> if you if you don't have Fido. Uh, maybe you would want to just start with uh a good friend you know where where it's not necessarily the complexities of a you know a strongly intimate relationship uh but just somebody who's in your life who who you're good friends with and you you know you care about uh so that that could be a possibility and don't mm, just play <laughs> try some different people, you know, and see uh which person just becomes easiest for you uh, because even with a complicated relationship, still it would be possible you know if you if you visualize them and just to kind of uh, limit uh, Limit your consideration of the person during this particular time to just that sense of, yeah, I really do wish you well. And not, not getting into an analysis or, a, you know, the history of the whole relationship. Um, so you can simplify even a complicated relationship, but you could also just maybe start with somebody that's you're not so entangled with. But again, experiment, you know. just around okay yeah we, we need to end soon <laughs> you, you what oh yeah my, mostly that's true for many of us <laughs> They it can be quite a lot so I, I guess I'm just wondering should I pull back and it? uh, Yeah, uh, just to reiterate again um, play with it you know, and so uh, start with your dog <laughs> not the feeling uh, you know, it's so easy just. To, and then you might start directing it before you're going to yourself, you might start directing it to another person that you feel, that it's fairly easy to feel the loving kindness to. And then maybe just starting in a very uh, brief way, you know, bring yourself into it, repeat the phrases a few times, see what you feel. If it feels like you're dropping into all the sorrow, then in terms of the metta practice, maybe pull back from that, you know, and go back to your dog, to re-establish the actual feeling of simple well-wishing. Then you can bring yourself back into it, or or you might visualize yourself with the dog, you know, so you're getting... I used to do that, actually. I I had a good friend. It wasn't a complicated relationship, but a good friend who always had his little dog with him. So when I was doing the metta... I would just picture him and his dog, (laughs) and it was lovely, you know, it just, it really brought a lot of joy. Do you get the sense that you can be creative, you know, and see what works, when it's too much, back off? In Vipassana, it's different. In Vipassana, if the sorrow, you begin to feel the sorrow, then we really turn towards the sorrow itself as an object of mindfulness, you know, so that's, that's a different approach. Um. As with all of this, you will learn from doing it, you know just that, just as I had to learn that speed meta wasn't <laughs> wasn't the way. okay, I had to do you know a whole bunch of really stupid things, uh, but that that's how we learn. you know we see what works, what doesn't work uh. I would just encourage you to incorporate this into your practice, and even in the walking, also sometimes it's beautiful just to be walking, and doing the metta, either towards a particular person, or maybe you start doing metta towards everybody that you're passing. You know, maybe you're at home and walking down the street. May you be ha- with everybody you see. May you be happy. May you be happy. It's worth playing with and, and developing and, and cultivating because it becomes more and more who we are, you know, not something we do. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.